0: But a, uh, quick explanation. So you haven't seen me a lot over the last two days because I have come down with something and I'm on cold medicine. And as a result, uh, wonderful Diane here next to me uh, started her talk and she's been talking for the last half hour and I've been listening to it and it's a fantastic talk. And then Dan goes, Jay, you didn't hit the live button, so um, she is kind enough to start over from scratch. <laughs> And now we are going to have a wonderful chat about production and finding the rhythm from Bayan as soon as she stops laughing because I'm an idiot, and this was 100% my fault. All right, I'm letting her go now.
1: (laughs) Thank you, and it's totally fine. I I take it as a practice. (laughs) Practice before the practice. Um, Okay. I... I fixed it someone to make sure that we are live. <laughs> and they just messaged me as like, yes, you are live. So <laughs> I I believe I am live now. Oh my God. <clears throat> right, it's October. So how are you everyone? Uh good morning, good evening, good afternoon, good night. Depending on uh what are you watching from? I hope you had a great time with the other talks and speakers. That were life. <laughs> uh, I will not let this go easily. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and uh, yeah, so my name is Bayan. And I like to say it's like Diane but with B. Or you can just call me B. And uh, <laughs> I am. I am originally from Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. I came to the U.S. almost exactly. 10 years ago, right after high school, because I wanted to study computer science, because I wanted to make games. And let's, uh, I'm gonna, I want to talk about three things in this talk. The first thing is, well, introducing myself and my path and what happened in my life. The second thing is, I want to, I don't wanna give you advice about, uh, how to produce your game, or as my title says, finding the production rhythm for your own game and team um, and studio. It was supposed to be your game and team and studio, but I had a character limit for the title. I want to share stories that happened with me working in different teams, different sizes, different companies, startups, AAAs, something in the middle, while being a student, while not being a student, while almost graduating, while after graduating. I was fortunate enough to work in a couple of projects, and every single project went completely different. Went completely differently. Sorry, my English is English is not my first language, but... Um, If I can give this talk in Arabic, it would be much easier. (laughs) So uh, the second thing is I want to share stories. And it's up to you uh, to draw your own conclusion and your own advice. Because I don't think I am in a level in my experience, in my career, where I can give you advice or a set of instructions or like, hey, one, two, three, four, do this and do this and do this, and you will become successful. Uh, I'm not there yet, And even if I'm there, I have this philosophy that you know, n- n- no advice works, uh, no size, n- no size fits all. or everything is different. Based on the team, based on the kind of game, based on the circumstances, based on the budget, obviously, based on the weather, (laughs) everything changes. So I will share some stories that happen with me. And it's, it's, you know, when they say take an advice with a grain of salt, take it with a grain of salt and all the other spices, black pepper, cumin, everything, and see if it works or not. And if it works, that's great. If it doesn't, then can you tweak it? Can you talk about it with another person and see how can it be applied to you? It's all about that because <clears throat> the game industry is a relatively new industry. It's been there for, I think, less than 60 years, which is not a lot <laughs> for an industry compared to the movies. I think the movies is more than 100 years. and. Um, We are still figuring things out, we as in the game industry. And what worked 20 years ago might not work now. What worked 50 years ago might work now. We never know. And this is partly because it's a new industry, partly because it's a very small industry, partly because um, the, the amount of of, of resources, the number of resources and the accessibility. Now we have, you know, you don't have to make your own engine. There's Unreal, there's Unity, there's a lot of wonderful uh, game engines like Twine and Bitsy and all these stuff. It's been a lot easier from a software perspective to make a game. But the question is, did it become easier in a production perspective? We don't know. (laughs) So my attempt uh, in, in this talk is to share these stories and try to tell you that some things will work, some things won't work, and the best attitude to have is to be adaptable, to be always learning, to be confident asking questions, and to most importantly, in my opinion, is to enjoy the process. Because at the end, we're making games because enjoy, We enjoy playing games. It's it's a completely passion driven industry. We enjoy playing games, and we want to be part of the making, uh, part of the team who are making the people, the industry that making the game. So why not why not enjoy the process as well? And last but not least, I want to share some resources that helped me. Because one of the hardest thing is finding good, um, focused, valuable resources. And um, some, some stuff I found really worked really well with me, which doesn't mean it would work really well with you. But it doesn't hurt to, you know, check them. It might inspire you. It might... It might not work with you, but it might work with someone else. So when someone else asks you, you can direct them uh, to these resources. So let's start. Okay, about me. Um, My first game, you know, most of us, we have this uh, stereotypical story. I started playing. I I am a PlayStation 1 generation. Uh, I started playing uh, Crash Bandicoot and uh, Pac-Man in the PlayStation 1. And... uh, uh, yeah, Crash was my favorite game. Oh, Pepsi Man. How could I forget this? Pepsi Man, which unfortunately is not as popular as I, as I thought in the US, but it's extremely popular in the Middle East. So if you have a Middle, East, Middle Eastern friend, tell them, hey, Pepsi Man, and they will uh, burst with joy. Um, and then as a kid, I always had this thought that, you know, companies make games, not human beings. (laughs) I don't know why I thought companies are, you know, like factories and robots and these stuff. And it wasn't until my high school that I got into, you know, robotics competitions and the science fairs and all these stuff. And my science fair was actually testing the effectiveness of an educational video game to teach kids how to Google. That was... 2010 so uh, you know when, when doing research you have to find a problem and then you have to research the problem and then you have to propose some solutions and write some hypothesis so the problem was uh, not a lot a lot of people know how to research especially during that time you know com- using using computer was not allowed in in, in, in school and um, you know Google was just Starting to be more common, and we are uh, we try to depend on it more and more. And you know, writing a query in Google is not like asking questions to a human being back in the days. Now, the algorithm got much better, <laughs> so I was like, okay, how can I teach kids uh, basic Googling skills, basic research skills using a video game? And my first video game I made was using Scratch because I didn't know how to program and code was scary. And I, I just didn't know and, uh I was lucky that Scratch, uh, which is a dra- drag and drop graphical um, programming language was released, I think 2009. So I just bought a book and taught myself and then I made a game. So that what made me realize that I want to study computer science and even though i really wanted to make games and i wanted to study games i was like this is it this is what i want to do because before that i wanted to be a basketball player it didn't matter that my height is 411 i wanted to be a basketball player because of the Japanese anime slam dunk and i i believe i was good <laughs> or i believed i was good in basketball but then i was introduced to the idea that, oh, you can make games. I was like, let's do it. So I didn't know that there was, you know, uh, 10 years ago, the game design programs and game development programs in universities were not as popular, I think. Uh, So I, I, I wanted to study computer science because I was thinking that in order to make a game, then I need to know how to code. So I need to go to computer science to know how to code. And if I go back in time, And if I had the choice between choosing a computer science degree or a game design degree, I would still choose computer science. And this is not an advice. You do you. (laughs) You know what's the best for you. But in my perspective, in my opinion, I chose computer science because... I wanted to have a general knowledge of how computer works, of how coding works, of how programming languages work. Because I thought I can, you know, games are, like I said, it's very passion driven industry and you learn by doing and you learn by experimenting and you learn by playing and you learn by analyzing. And in my whole five year degree, (laughs) it took me five years, uh to graduate uh the most useful class i took was not a class from computer science it was a game design class i was fortunate enough to have professors from uh who were interested in game design and were specializing in game design but there wasn't a specialized game design program in davis there were just some classes by computer science department or English department or the art department. So the most useful one was actually in the, in the um, English department. And I really like it, it was my favorite and I think I, <laughs> it was my one of my very rare A's that I got. Um, <clears throat> that class didn't teach how to make a game by following a tutorial or An introduction to a game engine or thinking about okay who's your character oh did you write a GDD the game design document no for two reasons the first reason is there are a lot of resources about that and I have this motto in my life if I can google a question then why do I need to ask it to a human being because technically I'm asking Google (laughs) The second is to utilize a very important skill that not a lot of people talk about. And even if people talk about, we, the audience, have an amazing ability to just ignore that advice, (laughs) which is communication. And I was able to attend some of the talks today and yesterday, and a couple of the speakers talked about the importance of communication, and I wholeheartedly, I agree with them. Communication is very is very important, because if you don't know how to communicate, might as well just work by yourself. You, need, you don't need a team, or maybe you do, but you, you can't work in a team. You, you can't communicate your ideas. You can't communicate your progress. You cannot um com- you, you, Full stop. <laughs> How <laughs> it takes it takes a team, and from my experience working with people who are so talented and skillful, uh, skillful in in art, doing art, uh, coding, writing, music, all these specialties that are needed to make a game. They are so talented. <laughs> they have great ideas. I don't consider myself an idea person it's It's harder for me to have an idea. I ha- It's easier for me to imagine a vision or imagine um, apologies. This is the piss control in the <laughs> uh, uh, pest control person. Um, anyways, back. I got distracted. oh, this way. It's easier <laughs> for me to have a vision. But all these people, all these talents, coding, art, music, writing, voice acting, uh, community community management, all testing. If you don't have a producer or if you don't have someone with production skills, if you don't have someone who understands what goes into making a game with a team, then I can almost guarantee that the idea will die and the game will take forever to be published if ever is published and this is an advice not only coming from me or an observation it's, let's let's uh, uh, use this word uh, observation not only from me but i actually saw it i i worked in 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 some projects with some companies and they were like the best it was like yes i want to join you because you're an amazing engineer you're you have an amazing vision i think the world needs this game and I was so excited but then management and production was what's going on here and the project failed Um uh, failed by getting released but no traction and then eventually it died or they were scheduled to release five years ago and the project is not released yet until this day so we want to avoid all of that and I'm not gonna say that the magic word here is a producer, because depending on who you ask, depending on the game, depending on the company, de- depending on, on, on the size of the company or the type of the game, or even the department within the company working on the same game, it even de- depends on the country. If you ask, you, um, what do you do as a producer? you will get different answers, because uh, it, it's different. <laughs> it's different. It, it really depends on the, on the team, on the game, on the people. And I found the best, I wouldn't say the best, but the most efficient way to think about production is not finding the golden recipe, or finding the golden philosophy or finding the golden, I don't know, set of instructions and just follow it and then magically you will have a game. To me, the most effective thing is to be adaptable, is to know your team, to know your game, to know your studio, whether you're working on your own studio or in another studio, like what's the culture, What's, what's, what's the history? and the team, what are the people, Uh, how how do they work, how do they function, what's the most effective way for the communication channels, the game, is it adventure, is it action, is it story, is it like, what's, what's the focus here? And depending on these answers, you will find, or you can decide the best production method or leading, or managing. It's, it's the idea here is not production as, oh, now we are in pre-production. Now we are in post-production. Now we have these dates of milestones. That's project management, which is important, again, depending on the team and the game and time. But what I'm talking about is bringing people together in the same place. Well, not physically. <laughs> it might be virtual, but in the same place mentally. Being on the same page, agreeing on the same thing, I would argue that's the hardest thing. <laughs> that is very hard. And, and it's not that I have this joy for talking to people and this joy of Excel sheet. Well, I, 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 I do have a joy for Excel sheet, but it's not my, <laughs> it's not, it's not my driving uh, passion. But I, 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 I admit that I have a lot of Excel sheets in my life, but it's not about the tools. It's about the sense of responsibility the sense of confidence and sense of just logic and all everything that i just said it sounds very abstract and i apologize for that now is my attempt to share some of the stories that happened to me that made me to conclude these stuff that i just that i just shared so the first story i want to share is that when i was in uc davis when i was a student you know as a someone who's interested in game development, I was very active in the game development uh, club. I was the co-president and we were doing workshops every week. We were organizing game jams, you know, we're doing the usual thing. But looking, you know, graduating, being close to graduation and looking, starting to look at the industry and what the industry needs. And it's just, whoa, like (laughs) how I'm going to get the experience if my degree doesn't matter to you. If my portfolio doesn't matter to you if my hio doesn't matter to you <laughs> if working in class project doesn't matter like uh, <laughs> how i'm gonna get the job like even the associate roles the entry-level uh roles they require a year or two of experience so how i'm gonna get get there and i believe this is a problem that. I don't know if I can solve it and I still don't know how to solve it. Like there are some ideas. There are a lot of people who are pitching ideas and trying to have these mentorship programs and doing conferences like this, like we are trying. And I think it's a collective effort. Anyways, as a student close to graduation, how can I solve this problem? So I get this idea of pairing students from the game dev club to researchers and professors in the university. Who need games for their classes or their research or their lab or whatever it is? Because you know some researchers are are um, studying the effect of games and you know mental illness or motor skills or memory or whatever. And some professors, we were lucky to find a professor who are who was designing an online class and wanted the assignment, instead of writing an essay or whatever, she wanted the assignment to be a video game. She wanted, like, how, how cool is that? You, you, <laughs> you play a video game for grades. So we were like lucky to find this professor. And we, um, you know, we were, she was interviewing us and she had a team of, I think, six or seven programmers. And I was interviewed, I was in my third year And I said, no, because I was not confident in my programming skills. I was third year. I was studying computer science. I knew I wanted to make a game. This is a perfect opportunity for me to make a game, like an actual game for a client, the professor, and, you know, actual users are going to use the the game, the students. But my imposter syndrome was in the way, and I was like, "Mm -mm, code makes me anxious. Unity paralyzes me. I can't do this. Luckily, uh, the president of the uh, Game Dev Club back then, I thank him so much because he believed in me even though I had zero confidence. He said, how about you lead the project? And my confidence went from zero to minus 10. (laughs) You want me to lead a bunch of programmers who are students who are like more professional than me and i am just this tiny person from the middle east and i just did it. i was like you have good thinking you know how to ask the questions and wasn't your research in high school about research like making a game to teach kids how to google and i said yeah What does does that have to do with that? And he was like, the course that the professor is developing is to teach undergraduate students how to do research. So at least you got the basic. I was like, sign me up. My confidence, 99%. (laughs) Like, this is something I am confident about. This is something I'm familiar with. That's the first lesson that I learned is that maybe i didn't need to be very confident about all the skills but finding something that you are very familiar with very uh comfortable with and on it so that's what i did and then the second <laughs> the second lesson i learned is so okay i was uh the lead uh, project uh leading the project and actually this project was my first introduction to a producer role. I I, I never knew there's a producer and you know, like production work and all of that. So <clears throat> I talked to the professor and I told her, um, okay, so what kind of games do you want? And she said, a game that students can play. Perfect. So are you looking for what? What are the goals? I was like, oh, the goals here. This is the syllabus of the class. Like, okay. Here I realized that my second tool as a producer or project leader, I didn't know back then, is... So the first one is confidence. Even if I don't have it, like pick something and try to be confident about. The second thing is asking questions. Because the reality is, (laughs) and this it's not coming from me, it's coming from a lot of people, is that... Not everyone is aware of what things are supposed to be going towards, especially in making a game, because we are making something completely new, completely different. The reason we're making a game is because it doesn't exist. Because why are we making a game that already exists? We're, it's, it's basically an R&D project. So the amount of things that are unknown is big. And this is actually one of the resources I wanted to recommend. One of the most amazing GDC talks about uh, from a producer, uh, she talks about ambiguity and how do you own it? How do you deal with it? How do you drive to the unknown, basically, and how to be comfortable with it? Um, So for me, I prefer to work around ambiguity rather than fake it till you make it. And a lot of people say fake it till you make it. Well, this is the kind of advice if you want to take it with a grain of salt or not. For me, I like to think it's fake it until you get caught. (laughs) That's why I don't like to fake it. Just, Just be honest. And again, it goes back to communication. So I continued talking to this uh, to the professor and asking all these questions: What kind of games? And how do you imagine stuff? What are the goals? And and when I realized that it's really my responsibility because I have all this freedom to decide what kind of game and how long and what are the story because she really she just wants to have a game, and originally she wanted a game, a mini game for every week. UC Davis and most UC campuses are in quarter system. Quarter system has 10 weeks, every week is a lecture and talks about something. And she wanted a mini game that is about that topic for the week. So um, when I realized that I have a lot of freedom (laughs) and there's so many different ways I can go, uh, the first thing I did is talk to my team. And I was like, hey, you are seven programmers and we all know that it takes more than a programmer to make a game so are you comfortable um you know having a different role are you comfortable with art music writing blah 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 so we shuffled the whole thing and then we started brainstorming our goals okay we have a syllabus and a syllabus is goals designed for a course not for a game every project have a set of goals and these goals needs to be written in a way that risk <laughs> not respect uh, tailored to that kind of project. You cannot, uh, basically you cannot take a syllabus and make a game about this syllabus. <laughs> um, and I'm a student, I didn't know what to do. And my client who was the professor is supposed to be the subject matter expert, but that that's the gap. You have someone who is subject matter expert in the course, in the material, and you have people who are expert to some extent in the game, but you need someone in the middle. And if you go to, uh, there's a lot of that. Actually, there's a lot of educational game companies, or sometimes they're called edutainment. Uh, They specialize in that, and they have their own framework on how to make educational games. They have their own um, uh, production pipelines. They have their own educational producers. They they know their thing. (laughs) But we are students. And we are we're working in a legit project with a budget. We were paid for it. Some of them were, some of us we were paid, and some of us were um, they received a, a university credit. And you know we were all uh, compensated in different ways. But it's like a legit project. It's not a game jam or something. <laughs> you know it needs to be up as a, the production um, quality. Um, anyways, so that's my third lesson my third lesson is i'm in this position where i have a lot of responsibility and a lot of freedom and not a lot of guidance and direction so let's try to find people who can guide me and that is one of i argue is one of the most important most impactful and most difficult things in the games industry to have a mentor. And I appreciate all the initiatives. I appreciate all the, you know, conferences. I appreciate all the programs. They're trying to pair people together, mentees and mentor uh, mentors, but it's still somehow difficult. You cannot, well, maybe you can, but, you know, you cannot show up and, hey, can I be your mentee? Or even in the mentor. Mentors are busy. They have their own life. They have their own, not only working in, 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 their, in their job, but especially if they're veterans and they have 20 years, 25, 30, they have families, they have stuff. So taking someone and trying to mentor them and you know, a lot of research studies showed that effective mentorship happens um, uh, continuously, like not a session of once or twice and that's it like it's something because what you're asking for here is we want to grow as as beginner developers we want to grow again the game industry is new the 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 resources are unlimited but the actual experience is limited or that's how i felt it's very limited it's very i wouldn't say gate kipped But to some extent, it's the smallest industry. And people have been working in the industry. They've been there for a long time. And why would they change? And they try their best to, you know, that's why we have GDC. They they share their stories. They share what worked, what didn't work. They share presentation. How do you drive communication? How do you drive? um, How do you improve your VFX? How do you write your story mechanic? And all of these are very helpful. But not to me <laughs> at that specific stage, because at that specific stage, I needed to deliver a game with a bunch of programmers. <laughs> we are all students. We work not full time and not part time. We work on our free time whenever we get it, <laughs> and we don't have someone telling us what to do. Like just make a game. Like here, you go.
0: Sign up today for the Indie Game Business Newsletter. It's a weekly source of business news curated for indie dev teams. We've got discounts on all Indie Game Business events and events from all of our partners. You get a first look at the summaries and takeaways from all of our podcasts. There is exclusive opportunities for promotions and early access to new tools for development, monetization, and more. Check it out. Sign up. PowellGroupConsulting.com slash publisher list.
1: I started reaching out I started reaching out to people I started reaching out to um <clears throat> my professors I was like hey do you know some other professors hey do you know someone who's in the games I tried to reach out to the um uh the professor who were offering the game design class in the English department the art department in in every department I tried to reach out to the um, uh IGDA chapter uh in in I live in Davis, so uh, the closest was the closest one is in Sacramento. I reached out to the Sacramento uh, president, and um, he he was actually very kind. He uh, I I we started talking, and then I realized that it's better to have the whole team listen t- to him and guide us. And he was so kind to welcome us in his place, and then he shared with us about. Um, um you know the milestones and the alpha and the beta and the testing and the content complete and the feature complete this stuff we've never heard before and how are we expected to to learn all of that so um I, i'm grateful i'm grateful and i'm lucky and it worked and that's my third lesson or i lost count but the lesson is to reach out and it might not work. I I reach out to a lot of people in LinkedIn. I was like, hey, I saw you did this, you're working in this. What's your advice? Or what's your advice didn't really work. So I like, hey, can I ask you three questions? One, two, three. And depending on how they answer, I get a feeling of, oh, this experience aligned with what I want, or what I need at my current stage or not. And then I move. And I'm still in touch with some of them. And some of them, you know, it just didn't work out. And it's it's fine and uh, and obviously a lot of people they just ignore because you know they don't have time or it's cold messaging but you got to sh- shoot your shot like i shot i i shot my shot to the point that i was so fixated to going to gdc and we all know how expensive gdc was well is still <laughs> i just kept saving <laughs> insanely for the um uh, Previous couple of months until I was able to, um, you know, buy the ticket. And, you know, I I like to say it cost me a lot of money and blood. (laughs) It was just so painful because I just want to meet people who can help me. And, uh, you know, I I go to some lectures and I will if I find someone who is very close to what we were doing, I, I try to reach out and. And the best thing, best three things I think happened. First is, that's one of the uh, resources that I want to recommend, is the art of game design. This is, I think it's nicknamed the Bible of game design. This is one of the very good book that talks about game design from a very abstract uh, level and one of the earliest one, and, and actually I bought this in 2010 when I was making my very first game in high school, and I'm still using it until now. And it's written by uh, Jischel, Just shell Just and I found him. I found him. I I found him. He was giving a talk, and I found out that he was giving a talk in the last five minutes of his talk. So I immediately ran to that room, and when he finished, and a lot of people were gathered around him to ask questions and I was waiting in line and then when it was my turn he said I'm sorry I need to go somewhere else but if you don't mind talking while walking then let's do it I was like of course so we were talking (laughs) while walking and I was asking him this question like hey we're making this educational game and I feel like I'm lost are we making an educational game are we making an educational experience that is a game or are we making a game that's education how are we approaching this are we approaching it from a fun mechanic that is it like has educational purpose or are we just try like where to go and he was kind enough to give me his opinion and actually share with me a draft of an educational framework his company was working on before it was published I did not know that I was gonna (laughs) do that or or, uh, uh, have this amazing moment that really helped me because we were really struggling. How are we gonna approach it? Like, are we gonna make a mini game for every um, uh, week? Uh, That's a lot of things. Uh, Who's our target? Our target are undergraduate students, freshmen and, and, and sophomores. And they are 18, 19, 20 year old people and it's from different campuses and some of them they play games some of them not it's it's really hard to make a game that is not targeted toward gamers and this game we're making your grades depend on it <laughs> so we needed we needed to make it fun because that's the main purpose of a game to be fun but also not super challenging because if it's challenging and you cannot finish it you, you it would be graded zero but not simple enough that it's boring. So there was a lot, there were a lot of design um, decisions we needed to make, but we, we needed some kind of guidance, which uh, brings me to the last um, lesson I learned from this experience, which is making decisions. And this is actually an advice uh, from Jesse He said that game design is mostly about making decisions you can have an infinite amount of ideas, infinite number of ideas. And you again you can have a lot of skillful people, great ideas, great suggestions, but if you're not gonna make a decision, it's not going anywhere. <laughs> it's you, you will just keep brainstorming until forever and your project will be overscoped and it's just so to to reiterate about the story Uh, Find something you are, again, this is not advice, take it with a grain of salt, it's just what worked with me at that stage, Um, and I just would like to share it. Um, Find something you're confident about, especially if you're struggling struggling with confidence like me. Um, Feel free to ask questions, because if you don't ask questions, you're not going to get answers. Um, Seek mentors, it's the hardest thing, but try to be out there one of the amazing moments that i cherish a lot is um also in gdc i was i was talking to a friend i was catching up with a friend of mine and then i saw amy henning walking like is this amy henning? and i talked to my friends like is this like <laughs> <laughs> what oh, okay let's go and i immediately went there and introduced my i had nothing i had nothing to share i was just i um I just graduated from college and you know i i i had nothing to share period but i just wanted to be out there i wanted to introduce myself and she was so kind to introduce herself as well she didn't need to but she also introduced herself and she was asking what do you do what are you aspiring to be what's your focus and i think that that was great and then her advice was Be tenacious, be humble, that's very important, and put yourself out there like we just did. And I felt like I was blushed <laughs> and I really uh, took this advice and it really helped me because after we released the game, the research game for the professor, I still wanted to collect feedback. So I reach out to students, I reach out to educators, I reach out to game designers and one of the educators and um, PhD students, researchers in education, Department of Education. I reach out to her and I told her, hey, we made this educational game. Would you like to give me feedback? She told me, "Uh, this is great, but I really don't know anything about games. But my colleague's partner is into games. So let me give you his email and um, talk to him i like, sure. I sent him an email, and it turns out he is Haim Gingold, the game designer for Spore. And he was working at that time. He was kind enough to accept a call and play the game and give me feedback. And it was spring, and I didn't have an internship or anything. And he was like, are you looking for an internship? And I was like, yes. And he said, I am right now working on Will Wright's new game, uh, Proxy and they're looking for an intern and if you're interested i can you know give you a referral so like what <laughs> what sure and i had the interview and they accepted me and i interned there and it was uh, it was a great time and then after that i was like oh i got into the game industry and i was like i got the internship and they even it was during my last year of college and um, um it was only for the summer but i really liked it there so i asked if i can continue working like part time they eventually offered me a full time and i worked and then and then the pandemic hit and then some problems happened and it was like another problem so the first problem <clears throat> excuse me in my career was i don't have experience i'm a student now i do have an experience with well known game designer but the game is not shipped yet. So hum- and, and, and I was an internship. It was not really like the full time didn't last for too long for the recruiters to like I, I worked for a whole year as an intern. But that they did not consider that an experience, which was frustrating. So I'm back to zero. It was really difficult. It was really difficult eventually because I needed the job. I am, I am here on a visa and I cannot stay without a visa. Uh, sorry, well, if I don't find a job within a certain time, amount of time, I need to get out. So eventually I got a job as a consultant in some consulting company and in the R&D uh, uh, field, uh, R&D tax credit, which is tax. My, my country doesn't even have tax. <laughs> And I was like, okay, so I needed to learn a lot of things. And this is a lifelong skill is like, we we need to be always learning. But one way I try to make it interesting is to, because I was computer science, I was placed in the software department, working with software companies and game companies are considered software. So I tried to, you know, push and suggest that we can also reach out to game companies and try to help them, blah, blah, blah. So that's how I tried to make it related to games. But I, at the end, I was not making a game and I was not working in a game and applying to jobs was very frustrating. So I decided to make my own studio, Blue Tango Street. And I did not want to do that because I, eventually I knew that I was gonna work. I was gonna establish my own indie game studio, but I just wanted to get the experience first. Because working in the previous projects, I saw all these problems which all boils down to, most of them boils down to management, to leadership, to understanding the process. We don't have a game production degree. We don't have, we used to not have game production uh, books, but now we do. And this is actually one of the books that I'm recommending, not only because the writer is amazing, but also because there are stories I believe we learn as human beings. We learn a lot from stories than from tutorials. We learn the basics of how things work in tutorial. But the more things are personal, the more people share how their production, how their game, how their project got shipped, the more it was like, oh, human being works on this, like you can sympathize. So this is a book I really, really recommend called the playful production process. And I am, I'm, I use it as a reference right now. Like every time I was like, oh, Vertical slice, this is important. I never heard about this word, and it seemed like very important. So um, things are getting better, and I forgot my point. (laughs) Uh, Production process, games, ugh, I forgot. But anyways, um, establishing Blue Tango Street, I wanted to get the experience first, and then do my own studio, make my own studio, but when I felt stuck, and I even got a job at a well-respected big company. But once they knew that I'm not a citizen, even though I had a valid visa and had a valid work permit, they just didn't want to work with uh, paperwork. So they uh, took back the offer and it was very devastating to me. So I was like, okay, that's it. I'm gonna make my own game studio. I'm not gonna wait for experience. When it comes, it will come and I'm gonna work on my first game. I'm very interested in story-driven games and I feel like there's a lot of things to explore in this area, Um, something newer, something fresh. I don't wanna do choose your own adventure. I don't wanna do branching. I want to experiment experiment with something new and I'm gonna make it about the most frustrating thing and the one thing that I'm very confident about which is the job hunting process. because it was draining, devastating, and it comes from a very emotional place, and I want to make a story about it. So right now I'm working on my game called the job hunting, and it's about the job hunting process. We are a team of four people in three different continents. Uh, There's me, and, and right now I live in California. There are two people at Jeddah, Saudi, and there's one person in London, the UK, and we are working remotely. We're all we all have our full time job, um, so we're working on our free time when we can, and we are slowly, or I am slowly, trying to figure out the best production rhythm, and um, we will uh, we will see how it goes. Um, I see Dan here. Hi. Which which means that I am. No, Almost that means that, I'm gonna that, ask
0: you questions. I just okay. to comment that like yeah. man, what is the one thing that really sucks that I hate doing that makes me mad? I know, let's make a game about it. That's hilarious.
1: <laughs> yeah, that <is>, that's
0: hilarious. <laughs> that is brilliant, is what it is. So you've got some you've got some you got some posts in here. You got yes. that one. I don't know if that maybe that's someone you know. People are saying hi. Oh, here we here's somebody. Your biggest oh, fans right there.
1: Oh, that's one of my friends. Oh, thank you. Thank you. All right. So
0: I've got some questions. And yes, that was I'm ready. gonna be my first one. What projects are you currently working on? But you pretty much just uh told that. So
1: yeah.
0: Bam, yeah. I'll just I'll just post it up there. It's yeah. not like a small text or anything. That's amazing. When is that game gonna come out? Story.
1: Oh uh, <laughs> that, that's when it's hard, done. <laughs> right? When it's done. When you know, it's one done. of my one of my favorite comments is it's gonna be ready when it's ready. And and mm-hmm. actually I would like to share a frustration of mine. So the game idea came to me in October 2020. Mm-hmm. Like the idea of Blue Tango Street and the first project October 28 two years ago. And I have been working since then. And the game is still not out. We have a teaser, and I'm working on another teaser. Mm -hmm. But the game is not out or not even a demo. And this is so frustrating. But I spent all this time trying to figure out the most important thing about the game. The game is very story focused. Mm -hmm. So I realized if I want to write a good story, I need to be a good writer. I need to have a wonderful, emotional, uh, dramatic characters. And I I need to have good story structure. Do I have all of that? No. So what did, <laughs> what did I do? I did something that I'm very proud of. And actually later I found it in this book, which is, let me read it to you. It's highlighted okay. in, 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 in yellow. That's how important it is. There's whole, this whole section about writing stories in your game. And he says that the best thing that you can do in short term to improve your stories in your game is very simple. Collaborate with a writer and that's one of the people in the team i was like i like you and i like your style and you're very uh, knowledgeable about story structures and you are a great writer and editor can you be my script doctor mm-hmm. in my game and once i not hired because i'm not paying him <laughs> <laughs> but when he once he joined the team i was like i'm now almost done with the story
0: that is amazing yeah. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Here's a good question. Oh, Oh wait, here's someone says, here's your dance friend.
1: Oh, I don't know what that yeah. means, okay. So um, a top
0: secret thing right there.
1: Right. Okay, let me share the secret. I am I am a ballroom dancer. And uh, that explains my topic, my, my title. And I, I was posting on Facebook, which is full of my dancing friends, like, hey, I'm gonna talk about games.
0: <laughs> Come okay. Over. Nice. Okay. So here's a question from Quill Cannon. Let's say you were the head of a massive studio and someone in your team approached you with a brand new game idea. What are the first three questions you asked them about it?
1: That is is a very good question. That sounds
0: like a very specific question.
1: Uh, Yeah. And I actually like it. I actually like it because it it, it tells you two things. It tells you that um, what are the things that you think about when you hire the person, which is something I'm researching for my game. Um, Personally, one of the things that I care about the most, especially coming from someone with not a 20 years of experience and someone who most of their projects that worked on is was during being a student or a new grad, the most important skill for me, again, this is not an advice, the most important skill for me is do you play games or not? You don't have to play games 24-7. You don't have to be playing games, like, 20 games a year. It's just, do you understand games? Do you, do you understand how game w- works from the player perspective? Because if you don't play games, or the last game you played is Crash Bandicoot in, you know, 1998, then you're very outdated. <laughs> and that will affect uh, how we're going to communicate. Not the project, well, eventually to affect the project but it's going to affect how we communicate so that's definitely the very first question uh the second question uh, would be um what excites you about this idea that you're presenting is this is this are you motivated by the amount of money it's going to generate are you motivated by experimenting something new are, like, what's what's the motivation? Why do you want to do this so bad? Especially, mm-hmm. you know, in, 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 in the AAA studios, people join studios and they don't have this uh, uh, privilege. They just work on whatever the studio work on, right? But when you're indie, you can work on whatever you want. So this is actually a very good question when you ap- approach uh, publishers and investors and even other people in the team. The third question would be... uh um, the third, how do you feel about Excel sheets? <laughs> <laughs> if, if we're working together and if it's a virtual studio and we are working, like we need to use computers. So, uh, just, I think it's a fun question to ask.
0: Those are all great questions. Those are, they're <laughs> very like, those are probably very different than questions I would ask. But that's great. <laughs> uh lee perez says what is your favorite tool to store or organize your ideas sticky notes on the window
1: Mm. and it's in the window because my whiteboard is filled and my mirror is filled so now my windows and then it's
0: like you can change the whole ambiance in your house by how many green sticky notes you have (laughs) you know Right?
1: <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> but definitely it's that. And it's, you know, all the sticky notes is, like, ready here. Mm-hmm. So, and it, that's the easiest way to capture ideas because uh, especially in games or writing the stories or characters or, you know, something that's very creative, I cannot sit down and tell myself, okay, now I need to write an idea. I, I want to get better at that. But, you know, inspiration strikes. When it does. Yeah, so...
0: Okay, so going from tools, here's another one. What tools do you use to manage your team?
1: Uh, Different tools, different tools, actually. And that goes back to the rhythm of your own um, studio or your own team. So this is funny because uh, when I was working on the research game, I was trying so hard for them to use. um, We started using Asana, the project management Mm -hmm. tool, and then it was so blunt. And then um, we worked in something that's specifically designed for uh, game studios and game teams called Hack and Plan. It's amazing. I love it. It's it's what we needed, but we never knew. But I ended up using it by myself only. <laughs> the team was <laughs> not on board. And...
0: Because people don't like to learn new stuff sometimes.
1: Yeah, and I was like, come on, people, you need to do some kind of – and then I that's when I learned that I need to give up. And that didn't work with that team. So back to Excel Sheets. sheets. Back, <laughs>
0: back to Google Sheets. Back to Google Sheets, right? Back to
1: Google Sheets. But in my, in my other studios, we, we use um, Azure DevOps. And, you know, it depends on the studio and depends on the team, whatever works best with the team, not necessarily with you. Some
0: people like to use GitHub. Some people, well, but I like Trello. Right. Some people just like, I just yeah. give me a notepad.
1: You know? Yeah. Like literally, I, I was subscribed to um, a service and then... I was paying monthly and none of the team is using the service. I was like, okay, I'm going to subscribe unsubscribe because Mm -hmm. why I'm paying for nothing. That's,
0: that's great. I mean, that makes sense (laughs) because every team is going to be different. Yep. Uh, so two more questions. How do you find people to work with on your projects?
1: That's the million dollar question, isn't it?
0: Hey,
1: yeah especially in in as an indie game developer i um and especially at the earlier stage where there's nothing really you can share beside your vision mm-hmm. and you know the thing that you want to target to the team uh assuming you don't have money because i don't have money um i try to find people i try to approach people it's like like when I knew that I needed a writer, I approached this person. I was like, hey, you are an amazing writer and I need you. Um, someone I I know that he has a keen um, uh, style of understanding narrative in games. So like, hey, I need you in this game. And I think one thing that worked with, with me because I am lucky, not because I did the right thing, is that we all... Can relate to the job hunting process, so it was easy sell. <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, let's make him about that." So, um, we'll see how it goes.
0: When I w- was looking for my my current job, I don't. I sent out hundreds of resumes. Uh, hundreds, like sometimes yeah. I'd send out twenty a day. Okay, yeah. Here we go. Here's the golden question: What is the hardest lesson you learned as a new producer? One. (laughs) Let's hear hear your top five. Let's hear your top five.
1: (laughs) Uh, They're not in order, Okay. but uh, definitely letting go.
0: Well, as a producer, you should probably do them in order. No, I'm just... (laughs) Right.
1: right, right. Second pass. So the first pass not in order. The second Mm -hmm. passage will be in order. Uh, Definitely letting go because, uh, again, depending on the game you're working on, the studio, the team, some producers are involved in the creative process and some are not. If you are uh, involved in the creative process, then um, like they say, kill your darlings, whether it's... Don't fall in love
0: with your ideas.
1: Yes, yes. Uh, That's the hardest in life, not only as a producer. The second thing is, again, it's very important communication, but I would say having difficult conversations. Having what? difficult difficult conversations, conversations. if yeah. someone is not doing work or doing work in a wrong way or pretending to do the right thing or you know someone's difficult to talk to i i i i wanted to be kind i didn't want to break hearts i wanted to put out fires that didn't work let's start with having an honest heart difficult conversations from the very beginning Setting boundaries, setting expectations, and then, mm-hmm. yeah. The third one, uh, being adaptable, being easy to, you know, change. I worked in a company where they were in the, like, l- last stages of production. And in the last stages of production, that's a very crucial time. And then they realized the production approach or the process or the way they were running things were, were not working. Mm-hmm. They changed it. The last stage of production. That's a very tricky time to change anything. You but have to be able they, to
0: pivot and course correct
1: in, in, in the process. Not only ideas in the process. If you're running your standups, for example, for like 15 minutes every morning and that's not working, just kill them. Even if we're if you've been doing this for two years, it's okay. Just kill them if they're not working, you know, so mm-hmm. um, uh, the fourth thing is not really a hard lesson. It's more of, um, I got this comment and I feel like it it really helped me without knowing, which is just have a positive attitude. At the end, we're making games. We're supposed to have fun. Mm -hmm. So we're not here to crush each other. We're not here to prove that we're the best or we know the most because not only game developers, they don't know what they're doing or they don't know life. Like no human being know life. (laughs) I understand life correctly so back to amy henning's advice just be humble uh, yeah
0: okay we have two more questions we're yeah? we're past time but it's,
1: it's fine okay. because it's, it's okay. okay it's okay yeah that's all right
0: in five words or less what is a game producer
1: oh my god <laughs> that 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 person is messing with me <laughs> mm-hmm. i still want to hear
0: what you're going to say though, so.
1: okay uh again a game producer, these two words does not count. No, 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 this word does not count. A person who glues the team together. Well, that's
0: kind of five words. <laughs> if you don't count A and the. That. <laughs> that, that's good. Yeah. Team yeah. glue.
1: Team, oh. <laughs> right (laughs) super 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 glue (laughs) super
0: super super glue okay um from obzi have you ever felt like you wanted to quit on your game career and how did you deal with that
1: that is actually a very good question Mm -hmm. uh i think i'm gonna have a different answer in like five years because even though i started making games in high school my first project in college, UC Davis, but literally right now is, I feel like I just started my career as a producer at, at my day job. Um, I've been working for nine months now and, you know, it's just because I'm excited and this is what I wanted for a long time. So, you know, all these happy emotions and, uh, you know, they always say, don't make decisions when you're angry and when you're happy. So, um, you know, Judging from my friends or other people, a lot of people are burnt out. A lot of people are struggling with crunch. It's at the end, this industry, we still have to work a lot. So I am predicting that there will come a time that I might want to quit. And that's why I'm not attached to the career. I'm attached to the process. Mm. I really want to get, job well hunting out there Mm -hmm. i really want to get the people to share the characters uh, the feelings the struggles i was just having uh, a conversation with one of the team members, and i was telling him that you know my biggest fear is that i release job well hunting and no one will play it i'm not afraid that it's not gonna sell because that's not my main goal like the main goal is to you know kickstart my studio and drive a whole production process as an indie project, blah, blah, blah. Um, and, you know, explore writing and narrative. But my biggest fear is no one will play it. Because if no one will play it, then that, that well, other than it's sad, but that's that's the main point here is I want to share the story with the people. So if they don't play it, then I will get very frustrated. And then I might think about quitting. But then obviously I will remember that that's how we learn and we don't succeed from like most people don't succeed from first try. So, and that's why I'm a huge advocate of making the process fun, Mm -hmm. having a positive attitude, having the right team, having the right rhythm, because you might have a very good technique, a very good process, a very good Excel sheet, but it does not click with the team and it will make your process miserable. You will hate working on that. So Mm -hmm. That's actually a very uh, a reality question that we always need to remind ourselves with. Mm-hmm.
0: That's a good answer. Uh, the first game that I made, like from that was my game. Uh, when i was done i was done i'm like i am never making a game again it should have taken like six months it was a mobile game it took two years i went through three programmers spent a bunch of money it was super frustrating then when it came out i like i'm done i don't even want to rebalance the game i don't care i didn't even care about it It released i was like i didn't care i was done with it i just was done but i I did a game from beginning to end yay well thank you so much And when after we end, hang out for a second because I got a message from Jay for you. So I'll tell you. Um, Thank you all so much for hanging out with us for the Indie Game Business December conference. This is number 11, I believe. Wow. We're going to have another one in the spring. That's going to be soon. Also, tune in on Friday for Indie Game Business. We have a special guest. Amazing. Friday at 11 a.m. Central Time. Thank you so much. And also join the Discord, discord.gg slash Indie Game Business. There's an amazing group of people over there, all kinds of industry veterans, indie developers, producers, um, publishers, PR people, influencers, live streamers that want to live stream indie games. Yeah, go over there and check it out. Thank you. Thanks, Brian.